Welcome, welcome to the Liberty Mom Show. We're part of the Loving Liberty Network, and I'm hosting today, Chris Kimball. And I am excited to interview a guest. My guest today is actually a candidate running for the governor of Utah. And uh, I want to welcome all the Liberty Moms and Dads who are listening in, because we need you now more than ever We need people standing up for liberty. And liberty moms are the defenders of the home front. They're the real secretaries of defense when it comes to their children, their family, and their communities. So thank you. Thank you for listening in today. And part of being a liberty mom is to vet those that are running for office. And I hope most of you realize that we get really engaged in the uh, presidential race Okay, we, we put a lot of energy, a lot of focus on that. But the bottom line is that, per, that position is voted by the Electoral College and not by a popular vote. And that position in Washington, D.C. is so hard for us as citizens to go to that location and petition the president. All right, it takes an airline ticket, hotel rooms, a lot of money. Your local races are where we really have the biggest impact. And I think most every single person has realized that our local elected officials have a bigger impact on our lives than we ever imagined before. Because most of the tyranny that we're feeling in the states isn't coming from the federal government. Usually that's where we've kind of projected this tyrannical um, overreach of government. But it's actually happening in our little own state. Like even here in Utah, we have a governor who has decided that the executive branch can make law. Totally contradictory to our state constitution, to our U.S. constitution, and to actually state law. Governors cannot make law. They can suspend the law in an emergency, but they cannot make law. And here we have our governor um, issuing mandates and and making um, uh, well, we call it pretend laws because they're not real laws, but uh, he's overreached his bounds, his level or um, area of executive branch. And so as citizens, we have an election coming up and it's our job to vet every single candidate that's going running for office. And so today I'm pleased to let our listeners learn a little bit more about another candidate who is running for governor. His name is Greg Dearden. Did I say that right? Is Very it Dearden? Good. I, I pronounce well, how would you, the, how would I you pronounce say the it? U as an O, it's Dewarden. Oh, Dewarden. Oh, okay. Well, no, we want to say it correctly. That's all so right. Greg Dewarden, and he is running on a ticket with the Independent American Party. Correct. And so I'm really pleased to have you with me. And it's interesting when I've talked to people, people really get caught up in binary politics. They think it's either Republican or Democrat. And, and when I uh, threw out on social media that I was interviewing 
another candidate running for governor, they're, whoa, really? Someone else is running? <laughs> it's like, yeah, now we're in the general election. And now we're when we show up to vote or when we receive our ballot, there's going to be other names on there besides a Republican and a Democrat. And so it's important that we vet all the candidates. And so that's why I've invited um, Greg to be on here with us today. And um, Greg, I've got questions that um, were submitted from people all over the state of Utah, Washington County, Davis County, um, uh, Weber County, all over, and, and Salt Lake. And so it's, I'm excited that we've got a cross-section of, of questions. But tell our listeners uh, what, why you decided to run for governor. It's a, it's a big race. It's a, it's a lot to campaign from top to bottom and east and west. There's a lot of area to cover, and it's a lot of work. What made you want to run for governor? Well, I wanted to run before the COVID response came out in March because I'm a grandfather of 73 with six great grands. And I want the education system to live up to what the Republicans have promised us, a world-class education. And one of the things I want to do is to pay the teachers the national median salary of $59,000 a year statewide, not $20,000 down in San Juan County and Box Elder County, but $59,000 a year as a starting salary statewide. And that was one of my drives and has been since 2000 when I started running for various offices. But when the COVID response came out, the unconstitutional aspects of this response, uh, violating the First and the Fifth Amendment by both Governor Herbert and Lieutenant Governor, I call him COVID Cox because he was the chairman of the COVID response committee. I feel that they have violated their oath of office to support and sustain the Constitution. Therefore, they have made themselves ineligible to hold office from March. Now we just need a court to enforce that. Uh, My running mate, Wayne Hill, and I are looking at a tort claim using uh, U.S. Code Title 42 to actually get a judge to say, yes, they violated their oath of office, they're ineligible to hold office, and we'll see what happens uh, after the election. But they violated several parts of the First Amendment. The right for peaceful assembly is not limited to 10 people. 50 people or 100 people. We have that God-given right to assemble peaceably with anyone. We have the God-given right of freedom of religion. They can't close the churches, but they did. As you mentioned, this is government overreach. This is tyranny. And also when they closed down the businesses and people lost their livelihoods, And many, many businesses have closed. 
according to the Fifth Amendment, the last part, it's not self just self-incrimination in the Fifth Amendment, but the last phrase of the Fifth Amendment says, the government cannot take your personal property without due process and just compensation. No one has been compensated justly for their lost wages, for their loss of business. And closing the businesses down, you've got basically you're taking away their livelihood, their personal property. You know, what's what's really disappointing with um, with our governor is he has excused his behavior by saying everyone else is doing it. Everyone else is doing this. They've had from, to shut. We had from to, communist we, China, from communist China through 48 states have all done the same thing. Doesn't that give anyone else pause? Right. Well, you know, what's interesting on this whole bend the curve thing and shut down two weeks. See, uh, from the get go, I was like, that's crazy tunes. You know, that is so co- I, I, I know that our documents are inspired by God. We, I belong to a church that actually has uh, scripture that supports the author of who is behind the Constitution, Constitution, which is Jesus Christ. He is liberty. And this idea that agency can be trampled on just because there's an emergency is unheard of. It's, God will never, ever violate the law of agency. And yet we have uh, elected officials here who get the rights from us. We give them our permission to run the government, but not to, not to trample our rights, but to protect those God-given rights. That's their but, oath. Um, yes. If, that's their oath. But what I thought interesting was when I was on Twitter and I saw that Barack Obama was supporting that bending of the curve, I thought, you know, that's not good. Because he has never wanted to do anything that would be beneficial to America. And so when that, when I saw him tweeting and saying, yeah, we need to bend the curve, that's, that's the direction we need to go in. I was, I mean, already leery because of the Constitution being, but uh, I knew it was bad. If this guy was behind it and supporting it, it had to be bad for America. And it has. It has been horrible. So, um, so... Education, education was important to you. That got you wanting to um, run. But now we're going to be back after the short break with Greg Durden. If your credit card bills have gotten out of hand and you care about your credit, call Consolidated Credit now. If the interest rates on your credit cards are so high, it'll take years to get out of debt. Call Consolidated Credit now. They've helped over 6 million people with credit card debt. Without destroying your credit, they can consolidate your debts into one lower payment, reduce your interest rates, and get you out of debt fast. The program works. Call Consolidated Credit now. Call 800-406-0046. That's 800-406-0046. Consolidated Credit Counseling Services, Inc. 5701 West Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33313. Licensed by the New York Department of Financial Services and by the Vermont Department of Financial Regulation. Maryland DM 1492. Oregon DM 80092. Licensed by the Virginia State Corporation. Commission license number DC83. Service may adversely affect the individual's credit. Non-payment of debt may lead to additional finance charges or collections activity, including legal action, not a loan company. 
gold prices keep climbing and just hit an all-time high. COVID-19 and battered global economies are sending investors to the safe haven of physical gold to avoid losing value in their IRAs, 401ks, and stocks. Don't stand on the sidelines and wonder what the stock market is going to do next. Protect and grow your financial future today with a call to American Bullion, the leader in gold investments. You have valid concerns and we have simple solutions for all needs and budgets. In fact, we specialize in first-time gold buyers as well as veterans. Find out about American Bullion's hassle-free process to transfer any portion of your IRA, 401k, or stocks into the long-term safety of a gold IRA today. Call 800-GOLD-IRA and ask for our free gold guide. That's 800-465-3472. 800-GOLD-IRA. Grow your financial future with the rising value of physical gold and protect yourself during this worldwide crisis. Call the leader, American Bullion, 800-GOLD-IRA. You know, it's true. Difficult times have a way of focusing us. We have to think about what matters most when it comes to our spending, our health care. No doubt. This is why so many people are joining MediShare right now. MediShare is a trusted way to save up to 50% on your monthly health care costs. More than 400,000 people have already made the switch. It's pretty obvious why, too, especially now during this challenging season with health care costs and out-of-pocket expenses going up. MediShare can save you a lot of money. The typical family saves $500 a month. And MediShare is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry that's worked beautifully for 27 years. There are different options to choose from to fit your budget. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Maybe now is the perfect time to make the switch and start saving. Here you go. Call 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE. All right. Welcome back to the Liberty Mom Show. Chris Kimball hosting this week. And I have got Greg Dearden, who is running for this, the governorship of Utah. And he is running as a third-party candidate with the Independent American Party. And um, earlier in the last segment, Greg shared with me that education was an important issue for him, and rightly so. He's got a boatload. I think he's got his own school. He's got 73 grandchildren and six great-grands, so he's got his own private school right there that he could be um, dealing with. But he really... Education was important to him, but then when he saw the COVID response and how our state government um, attacked our constitutional rights and uh, took away uh, private property rights, uh, he was even more um, wanting to to run for governor. So um, I want to go back to education because one of the questions that came in on my polling um, deals with education and it was um, had to do with common core. And so where, where are you with common core? It's, it's embedded in our system now, thanks to governor Herbert. Um, But, uh, and we know how bad it is. It's even Bill Gates admitted it was, it's been horrible, but um, where do you stand on common core and, and what can be done with it? Well, I want to use a constitutional remedy called nullification. We can nullify any act of the federal government by passing a bill of nullification in our legislature. And that would essentially say we are no longer part of Common Core. 
We are no longer part of the Federal Department of Education standards. And get the hints. Well, I'll, let me ask you a question on that. So we have, the problem is we have implemented Common Core without, um, originally they went through the school board and they offered them yes. money. And so the school board kind of bought into it. And then we had the legislature fund, put in all the, the money, got poured into setting up the mechanism to have Common Core operate, which means data gathering, um, the testing, the standards, all of that was implemented and embedded in with state local government. So what do you do with that? I mean, that's you, not the, you know. You reverse it. It's very simple. We can come up with our own curriculum. We don't need people from Washington guiding us, directing us, bribing us to do their bidding or to do what they think is a good idea. Before there was Common Core, before there was No Child Left Behind, before any of these federal programs, our students were educated by our teachers and by our standards here locally. When I was growing up, we had a Utah history course they're not taught anymore in schools. Of course, a lot of things have gone by the wayside, home economics and uh, handwriting, uh, all of these kind of things have been left over um, and taken the place of keyboarding and uh, world history. And there's, there's a lot of things that need to be corrected in our curriculum but we need to have the state board and the local boards coordinate with that curriculum and reassign what they are going to do. Common Core is gone. If I'm put in as governor, Common Core is history. It's done. Well, you and would we make can, a we lot can of use that happy. money. We can use that money elsewhere, like taking the temporary classrooms that almost every school in the state has and doing away with them, putting brick and mortar in their place. It may mean elementary schools become middle schools or vice versa. It would take a lot of work with the local boards to re readjust, but you don't get as good an education in a building that is too hot in the summer and too cold in the winter and then too hot again in the spring. Those temporary buildings are now permanent structures on most school grounds, and that's a substandard education. So, Greg, where, where would you be with um, how do you feel about homeschooling and school choice? I know that's something even – the the president Donald Trump is a big proponent of school choice. Where are you with those issues? Well, he put a a major um, person behind the charter school movement in as Secretary of Education. I am for parent choice. They can choose where their education for their children is done best. If it's public schools, and public schools have problems. If it's homeschools 
and home schools have issues or charter schools, that's up to the parents to decide. I would like to see charter schools brought back under the state school board, as it says in the Constitution, there's no separate Utah charter school board or separate charter superintendent the way the legislature has done it. We should dissolve those and bring it under the state school board to be constitutional. So in doing so, then, would that obligate the charter schools to have to follow what the state school board implements? I, I guess they the would that, just because they're getting federal funding anyway. They get some funding. They don't get they get They get funding, but that's the way the Utah Constitution reads. Education in the state is under the state school board. And they do have a representative on the state school board that does represent the charter schools, right? Well, they have their own state school board. The charters system has their own superintendent and school board. But I would do away with those and bring it under the state board of education. Okay. And um, getting back to, let's see. uh, Okay. I think that covers education. So, you also, okay, so the COVID response was very, um, was something that was very important to you because you saw how the state handled it. So how, how would you have done, what would you have done different with the COVID? Now, I know you get the advantage of being after the fact, but yeah. uh, there's certain principles, yeah, but there are certain principles that if you follow them, especially when they're God-given principles, usually you are benefited from from that, but how would you have handled it? Well, I would never have shut down the churches. I would never have shut down the businesses uh, because those are constitutional principles and I believe in the constitution. But what I would have done would have geared up testing a lot, lot sooner so that we could identify the infected individuals. I have never heard or never, I don't know of any instance where they have quarantined the entire healthy population to protect them from the infected. That doesn't make sense. It's not good policy. No, healthy people don't need to be quarantined. Exactly. They need to be out and working. Um, I, I have a question about the testing, though, because testing is just a snapshot of time. And so you might be not positive right now, but you meet somebody an hour later and get exposed. And so I I don't know how testing other than it forces people, they do the contact tracing, which again is, is again, violating, but they're not allowing us to, um, well, I'm going to get you to answer this when we come back from this break. We've got a quick break here. I'm talking with Greg Duridan, who's running for governor on the Liberty Mom Show.
Welcome back. This is the Liberty Mom Show here on the Loving Liberty Network. Chris Kimball is hosting today, and my guest has been Greg Dearden. We're talking about the office of governor. He's running for governor as a third-party candidate with the Independent American uh, Party. And uh, we're in the midst of figuring out the COVID crisis, and I asked Greg, what he would do differently, and he's talking about uh, keeping things open, which is the way things have always been handled in the past. I've lived through many pandemics, and even the big one in uh, 69 Hong Kong flu, school was never closed down, nothing was shut down. And um, But Greg, you talked about testing and how you felt like testing needed to be um, something uh, implemented sooner and more widespread. Yes. Explain yes. that. Well, my father was a public health educator. He worked for the health department. He taught health education at university level. And he would have said, you identify the infected parts and isolate them. You don't isolate perfectly healthy people. Granted, with um, face-to-face spread, with uh, community spread, there are people who will be infected as time goes on. But you don't just test once and it's good for the rest of your life. You test, and as you associate with people, you may have to have a test a month or more often than that even. If you think you've been tested or met somebody who's infected, but this blanket incarceration, literally, of everybody in the state for a six-week period was unconscionable. Uh, It was improperly done. It was actually an example of malfeasance and misfeasance, but be that aside, what we needed was to identify the infection and isolate it. We had, on March 6th, the implementation of this plan by Governor Gary Herbert. Nobody had died yet in the state, and this draconian um, shutdown of everything was excessive. It was overreach. It was wrong. Uh, What should have happened was we isolate the, the people who had been infected, who had traveled out of country, out of state, and said, let's test those individuals first and keep the infection small. We're really lucky in this state. We have 90% of the population has not been infected. We have 99% of this state has not died. The media doesn't tell you that. They further the state of fear by saying, oh, we've got 500 new cases today. People, that's out of 3.2 million. 500 is negligible. It's unfortunate anybody dies, but get a perspective, get a grip. Well, and cases simply mean someone tested positive, doesn't mean they're sick. It doesn't mean they're hospitalized. 
and they're not actively sick with it. They just have, and coronavirus is the most common type of virus that people have been exposed to coronaviruses for decades. And so you can have- The common cold, the common cold is a coronavirus. Exactly. As SARS and MERS are in that same family. This is either a new variant or a new mutation of H1N1 or whatever you want to call it. But in the past, we've never enforced masks on anybody. Influenza is more virulent than Corona, than COVID-19. It is, this is not a pandemic. This is either a mandemic or a planned demic. I haven't heard the mandemic. That's the new one I've had. I've heard scandemic, the <laughs> plandemic. Yeah, but the mandemic, I get it. Yeah. Um, well, it definitely, uh, there's uh, things, things to take place at the scale and the magnitude. And it was so fascinating how this imperial model showed up out of the blue to, wow. uh, to, to, and again, it wasn't, when they bend the curve, that doesn't mean the deaths will be less. It just spreads it out over a longer period of time to, for the hospitals to accommodate. Until we get herd immunity. That's what we need to do. That's what's happened with all of the other uh, serious viruses and things. We've got herd hum- immunity, so it's not as virulent anymore. Exactly. It runs its course. They say an uh, average of two years of a particular virus is is done. It runs its course. You won't see it. So we've definitely overreacted. Um, there was a state lawmaker early on, uh, gosh, in April, he came out and, and he was on part of the COVID task force and uh, a state legislator and had said, I have looked at the numbers and what has happened before. And Utah has totally overreacted to this. And, um, I wish we had, um, leadership like they do in South Dakota with Governor Nome. Um, she's somebody who actually understands the Constitution and uh, the role of government to protect those rights and not to um, strip those rights away just because of an emergency, a, a right. so-called emergency. Okay, she, well, we've she, got- actually mentioned, she actually mentioned individual responsibility, which I yeah. wish Herbert would have even yeah. considered. But that's yes, a, that's a godly principle. That's it actually is. God has given us the right to govern ourselves. And he, he, yeah, we could go into a whole thing on that, but that's <laughs> a God given principle. Okay. You know what? We, we've talked about um, you. In fact, I want to go into this because you talked about wanting to increase the salary of teachers across the board to uh, receive a $59,000 um, yearly income. But that's going to cost money. Where, where can you see, um, one question that came in is where can we cut spending? Where would you cut spending in Utah? This, our budget is, well, Cato Institute, a very conservative libertarian think tank gave Utah a D grade because of its ballooning budgets, raising taxes and the size of state government which are all three things that Ronald Reagan proposed, right? No, he Mm -hmm. was against all of those. And we do not have Reagan Republicans in office in this state. We have rhino. We have have Obama Republicans in the state. (laughs) Almost, yeah, at best. 
at best. Mm -hmm. But what we need to do, our state budget was $6 billion in 2000. This year, before the COVID response, our legislature and its collective wisdom gave us a $20 billion budget. State government is not three times better. It's three times larger. And that budget, I took one weekend to study the budget in major categories, not line item. I cut down to $18 billion without much problem. And I added $600 million to education to pay for the things that I wanted education to do. And that's without raising any taxes. I would not raise taxes to increase the teacher's salaries. There are other areas to cut. We don't need UTA to have front runner every 15 minutes running, but they want a $10 billion budget over the next 10 years, a, a, mil, a billion dollars a year to make a 15 dollar win uh, 15 minute window every time on front runner the front runner is probably one of the more successful things UTA has done but it still isn't to the point that it needs 15 minute runs up and down and transportation there's a bunch of areas that can be cut and should be cut for the benefit of the Utah taxpayer. Okay, so um, transportation would be one, and um, where else? Though there's got uh, uh, to be to increase to increase. Um, well, we've got a break coming up, so I don't want to get too bogged down with that. But um, uh, you're still saying that you can increase the salary of teachers without raising taxes. Okay. So yes, yes. That, that should make the education people super happy. And we have got a short break. We've got one more segment with you. We're talking with Greg Dearden. Stay with us. We'll be back after this quick break on the Liberty Mom Show. of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. I am very pleased with your product. I haven't been sick since I've been taking this, and I contribute a lot of my energy and my health to your product, and I just want to keep taking it. So you guys just keep making it, okay? I just thank God for your company. Balance of Nature is now offering 35% off on any new preferred order. Go to balanceofnature.com today and use discount code USA. 
NBA players are expected to return to the floor this weekend, a day after teams walked out in support of protest against police brutality following the shooting of Jacob Blake in Wisconsin. The NBA announced that all three playoff games scheduled for yesterday and today would be called off before the action is expected to resume tomorrow or Saturday. The league and its players were still hammering out final details of the latest restart, according to a statement by Executive Vice President of the NBA, Mike Bass. If your credit card bills have gotten out of hand and you care about your credit, call Consolidated Credit now. If the interest rates on your credit cards are so high, it'll take years to get out of debt. Call Consolidated Credit now. They've helped over 6 million people with credit card debt. Without destroying your credit, they can consolidate your debts into one lower payment, reduce your interest rates, and get you out of debt fast. The program works. Call Consolidated Credit now. Call 800 406 0046. 800 406 6046. That's 800 406 0046. Consolidated Credit Counseling Services, Inc., 5701 West Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33313. Licensed by the New York Department of Financial Services and by the Vermont Department of Financial Regulation, Maryland DM 1492, Oregon DM 80092. Licensed by the Virginia State Corporation, Commission License Number DC 83. Service may adversely affect an individual's credit. Non payment of debt may lead to additional finance charges or collections activity, including legal action, not a loan company. Welcome to Tax Talk with Hollywood legend Bob Eubanks. You know, as part of Hollywood for a long time, I've seen my fair share of celebrities get in trouble with the IRS. Well, there's one name I trust, the Tax Defense Group. They're the most trusted name in tax. So if you owe more than $10,000 to the IRS, you really need to call my friends at the Tax Defense Group. Ignoring the IRS is not the solution. They can garnish your paycheck, levy your bank accounts, seize your home or business. But the Tax Defense Group could put a stop to all of that and tailor a program that would reduce your tax debt to pennies on the dollar. You gotta love that. So don't just take my word for it. Call them. Find out for yourself. They offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee and they're open 24 hours a day because they know that tax debt doesn't sleep either. Call now for your free and confidential tax analysis from the most trusted name in tax. Call 800-832-1594. 800-832-1594. Welcome back. It's our fourth and final segment here on the Liberty Mom Show. We're so grateful that you have decided to join us today. I'm Chris Kimball hosting and Greg Duerden is running for governor here in Utah. And so those of you that weren't happy with uh, the primary outcome in the Republican Party, just know there's other candidates to be looking at. And so today we're taking time to get to know Greg a little bit better. And Greg, I want you to let our listeners know where they can go to learn more about you and if they want to get a yard sign donate anything like that tell them where they can do that okay the website is gduerden.us duerden is spelled d-u-e-r-d-e-n just put a g in front of that dot us you're at the website and there's a way to contact me there If you want a yard sign, I will be happy to deliver one. If you have um, a donation you want to give, let me know, and I will send you the address to send it to. Or you, I think I've got my Venmo and PayPal uh, accounts on there, but I'll double check that. And also, one thing, 
the IAP is the Independent American Party of Utah. Uh, I'm the state secretary. Um, Wayne Hill is the state vice chair. And you can Google Independent American Party uh, Utah, and there's a national, if you go independentamericanparty.org, there's a national website. Um, we have 15 principles that are our foundational principles uh, that we took from Ezra Tapp Benson's talk, The Proper Role of Government. And we have, um, we're very constitutional, fairly conservative, not quite as conservative as the John Birch Society, but we're getting there. And uh, we're also um, the largest third party in the state. The American flag is actually prophesied a three-party system. You have Republicans are the red party, Democrats are the blue party, and independent Americans are the white party. So there you go, the red, white, and blue. I've never heard that explained that way before. Who knew? Okay, so Greg, I've been really good to get through a lot of these questions, but we've got uh, four or five more that we want our listeners to make sure that um, they get these answered. So um, let's go through them. Where are you? Uh, This kind of ties into the COVID thing because part of the push, um, besides, you know, forcing us to um, think that government is protecting us is uh, there's a... uh, an idea that they're going to make vaccines mandatory, especially with this COVID. Where are you with vaccinations? Um, Unfortunately, the United Nations about four years ago passed a mandatory vaccination for every man, woman, and child on the earth. And about two years ago, the U.S. Congress adopted that mandate. So, Congress will attempt to mandate every man, woman, and child be vaccinated. And for me, I'm against mandatory vaccinations. If the individuals want to be vaccinated, that is their right. If they don't want to be vaccinated, that's also their right. Okay. All right. And um, hopefully the federal government doesn't overstep its bounds because that would definitely be something that's not constitutional for the federal government to be concerned about our health. Okay. And so, um, especially coming from the UN. Okay. So next question is where are you in the, um, the pro-life movement? What, where are you with that, um, issue abortion? The IAP is very pro-life. Uh, but personally, I tell people that I am pro-adoption. Uh, being pro-adoption means that you want people to carry the child to full term and place it with parents who are loving, caring, and want that child. We've got hundreds of thousands of parents looking for children. I've worked for adoption agencies in California and here in Utah, I am very, very pro-adoption. Okay. That's a very viable issue for, um, uh, for so many that um, feel like they can't financially take care of a, a child. 
to to let it live, to have that child live and be adopted into into a family who wants and can raise a child. Um, okay, so are you familiar at all with the Utah GOP platform? And um, do you agree with it in general? Is there anything that you disagree about the GOP platform? I know that's well, not your party. It's but, not my um, party. But actually, because of what I mentioned earlier about uh, we don't have any Reagan Republicans in this state in elected office, they're rhinos. I actually consider myself the best Republican option to COVID Cox. I am more Republican than COVID Cox is, even though he, he takes that title of Republican and puts the R after his name. Uh, I have more belief of Republican principles than I believe uh, Spencer Cox ever has. So I'm, I do know of the Republican platform. Uh, one of the areas I disagree with the platform is on abortion. Uh, they have had plenty of opportunities to come out against, uh, abortion. In fact, uh, Gail Rizika was on the national platform committee. She offered a plank to ban abortions in the United States, and they refused to even consider it, so she walked out of the meeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would not have forced her to walk out if I'd have been a, a delegate to the platform committee. I would have helped adopt such a, a plank. Yeah, you know, I need to go in and read it. I do know they don't support abortion. Um, I, I don't, and, I've got to go in and look at the language. And, That's yet, a, and yet we have Republican legislators on our Capitol Hill that allow it for the first six weeks. They allow it if you an, anesthetize the, the fetus, they allow mm-hmm. abortion. If they were really against abortion, they would come out and say, no, no more, henceforth and forever. Okay, you know, you you really nailed this question because the person that asked it wanted to know if you were really pro-life or just casually pro-life. And that's kind of what I would categorize those individuals who are casual about it. Like there's some there's some boundaries to it. Um, life isn't life until you hear the heartbeat. You know, those are casual pro-life people. Well, and, and our state law does allow three exceptions to abortion in rape, incest, and the health of the mother is the way the state law reads. If you're Mm -hmm. really uh, pro-life, you can do away with those uh, exceptions, but... They're very few and rare. Those exceptions are so rare. Okay, we've got one more. We've got, we're into the last couple of minutes, and so we need to talk about the Second Amendment because I know um, Governor Cox, oh, shoot, Lieutenant Governor Cox, whoa, what a slip. Uh, Lieutenant Governor Cox, he's failed to produce. He was asked during con- the, the convention about where he was on um, Second Amendment and constitutional carry, and he just refused to, he just ignored it, wouldn't answer it. So um, we have somebody that is, concerned about the Second Amendment and constitutional carry and where you are on the red flag laws that they're trying to pass. Red, so, flag, red yeah. flag laws are unconstitutional. 
they're a form of gun confiscation. I am a concealed carry permit holder. I concealed carry, and I am fully support the Second Amendment, including the part about the militia. I want to reform the Utah State Militia, as there's a whole section in our state constitution about it. So we need to reform that. Okay, and as far as constitutional carry, this is something that Governor Herbert vetoed a couple of times, at least once. Um, where are you with constitutional carry, which means you have the right to open carry? carry. Yeah, and open carry is constitutional, and I fully support. Okay, so what about the idea that concealed carry has to have, I mean, concealed carry shouldn't have any sort of restriction to it, right? Oh my goodness, we're running out of time. Oh my goodness. Okay, so Greg Duerden is running for governor, independent governor, independent American party. So check out his website, Greg G. Duerden, D-U-E-R-D-E-N dot U-S. Thank you, Greg, yes. for being my guest today. Thank and you. And good luck in thank the race. You. Okay, thank you. Thank you.